Hello dear listeners and welcome back to Parish Notices. I am your host Sam Parrish. It is a slightly dreary day at the beginning of May here in London. Uh, I hope you are all doing well. Further to our quarantine special a couple of weeks ago, I thought it might be nice to dive back in and take a look at a few things that are available on streaming services, specifically two things that are in a half-hour format and uh, have a sort of slightly more limited episode count, uh, a little bit more digestible, maybe something you can watch in a day if you're having a lazy day. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. First up, Homecoming, available on Amazon Prime, directed by Sam Esmail, written by Eli Horowitz and Mika Bloomberg, uh, starring Julia Roberts, Bobby Cannavale, Cannavale, Cannavale? Stephen James and Shea Wingham, uh, based on the podcast of the same name originally created by Horowitz and Bloomberg. It tells the story of Heidi Bergman, a former social worker at a transitional center for army veterans. Uh, when the Department of Defense auditor starts chasing up leads from the center, it becomes clear that everything is not as it seems. Now, I came to Homecoming as a big fan of Sam Esmail through his other major project, Mr. Robot. Uh, there's actually a little bit of interplay between the two of them. Uh, he made Homecoming right in the middle of making Mr. Robot, and it's very clear in the final season of Mr. Robot that he's using a lot of the techniques he learned throughout making Homecoming. Uh, he actively channels Hitchcock a lot throughout Homecoming, using these zooms and these wide shots. The whole thing feels like it comes from from a bygone era, and it's really compounded by a great score. Uh, Esmail feels really tailor-made for the writing of this project. Uh, the creativity and, and technical prowess on display is huge, and the cast are all really entertaining. I'm a particular fan of the use of pillar boxing throughout. Uh, the sides of the shots in the present day have been artificially uh, shortened in contrast to the shots that take place in the past, uh, literally letting us know that we're not seeing the full picture. Uh, I thought it was a great touch. As well as Hitchcock, Esmail seems like a, a fan of Stanley Kubrick, and the performances are all brilliantly unsettling in the same vein as maybe The Shining or, or 2001. Uh, Julia Roberts, in particular, shows off great range, uh, always keeping you guessing about her loyalties and motivations throughout. Chia Wingham is also great value. Uh, he plays Thomas Sarasco, the Department of Defense official, uh, a wonderful character, very kind of low status and a little nerdy in how he conducts himself. He has these clip-on glasses that uh, some great object work is done with. He just comes across as having no ego at all, but also manages to be very likable and very admirable just through his convictions and, and his studious nature. It's hard not to compare Homecoming to Mr. Robot. And honestly, in my opinion, uh, Esmail has benefited from being reined in by a more conservative writing style. Uh, the brutality and the surrealism and disgusting moments that permeate uh, Mr. Robot, as much as I like that show, are all traded for this use of, of negative space, and it really lets your imagination run wild. Uh, this grounded style, it may not be for everyone, but I found it preferable just for myself. Uh, one criticism I actually heard from people I watched Homecoming with was that it's 
too dense uh, in the half-hour format. There's really no contrast between more mundane scenes and the, the artsier sequences, and uh, the people I was watching it with struggled to keep track of plot and dialogue due to all of the, the information that's on screen. Uh, I'll admit to losing track of some of the major beats between episodes as a result of just uh, focusing on all of the uh, the visual trickery that's on screen. Uh, the verdict overall, Homecoming is certainly not for everyone, but those who enjoy it will find a nail-biting thriller with great characters that, that keep you guessing throughout. Uh, it's not easy viewing, particularly, so I would recommend watching it quickly and attentively when you've got the energy. Uh, I'll be honest, however, that I'm a little baffled by the need for a sequel. It really felt like it had wrapped up everything that it had to say. And the replacement of Julia Roberts with Chanel Monet, of all people, uh, I will watch the series progress with interest and, and get back to you about that season two. Next up, we're going to be talking about Feel Good, uh, created by and starring Mae Martin, uh, co-starring Charlotte Ritchie and Lisa Kudrow, who's in an amazing return to form, uh, completely different from her most famous role as Phoebe Buffay on Friends, uh, originally aired by Channel 4 and internationally distributed by Netflix. Uh, I'm actually really encouraged by Channel 4's commitment to these short-form, smaller, more out-there shows, usually woman-led uh, comedies. Between this and Pure, 4 is full of hidden gems at the moment. Now, I was familiar with Martin's stand-up before coming to the show, and uh, Feel Good is a seemingly mostly autobiographical piece by Martin, detailing a lot of their personal struggles with sexuality and gender identity, relationships, family, uh, addiction, and drug abuse. Uh, heavy material, even if it's dealt with in a pretty light way. The show is full of Martin's uh, comedic trademark anxiety over everyday situations, uh, as well as their talent for physical comedy. I still get a chuckle thinking over the scene where they do the, the Tom Cruise sprint across a park home. Uh, the supporting cast are all quirky and likeable, and even the, the one-note joke characters are used sparingly enough that they always get a laugh. Uh, obviously, comedy is completely subjective, but I personally love Martin's ability to turn a phrase. Uh, when they described their girlfriend as looking like a quote-unquote fit squirrel, uh, it got a rare laugh out loud from me and my viewing group. Speaking of Martin's partner in the show, uh, Charlotte Ritchie in the role of May Martin's conflicted love interest... Uh, she's as reliable as ever as a, a flustered, slightly posh sitcom player. Uh, the fact she's able to bring likability to an otherwise quite irritating character who's not as dissimilar from her braying private school friends as she sort of tends to think, uh, it betrays some of the show's bigger flaws. Uh, while there are some great moments of, of humanity and, and some really kind of affirming moments throughout the show. Overall, it has that intangible quality of something like Peep Show, 
that's never really worked for me. Those shows that seem to revel in their characters' capacity for self-sabotage. To me, that always feels like kind of a stand-in for for drama. Uh, By the end of the first season, you feel quite sorry for May as a character, but you also find yourself rooting for the two leads to split up rather than work it out. And and given that airtime is split pretty evenly between them, I assume that's not the intended effect. However, Feel Good isn't getting out of here without a recommendation. Uh, it's got enough heart and humour to carry it through. I'd be really interested to hear what other people had to say about it. From my perspective, it's a show that lives and dies on its compassion for its characters. Uh, it just doesn't have a ton of compassion for its its two leads. So let me know what you thought. That is going to bring us to the end of this episode, dear listeners. I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in and spending some time with me this afternoon. Uh, Someone just let me know that we're entering week seven of quarantine, which is just crazy to me. Uh, So I hope you're all taking care of yourselves and and staying well as ever. Uh, I will be back very soon. Make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify if you haven't already. Make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch or or recommend something for review, make sure to get in touch at Parish Podcast on Twitter. That's P-A-R-R-I-S-H on Twitter. I'd also like to thank the inimitable Andy W. Clift for retweeting the last episode of the podcast. That really made my day. That's the writer of Captain Cosmic, which I reviewed on the last podcast for anybody who didn't know. I've been Sam Parrish. Take care. Travel safe.